Hey everybody, welcome back to The Taste. This is Doug Schaefer at Schaefer Vineyards. Happy you've checked out our podcast that is all about wine and winemakers and all kinds of people associated with this business. Everybody in wine has a different story. They all got into it in different ways. They've got different approaches, different styles, and even though I've been around wine a long, long time, I still learn new things from the people I get to talk to on this podcast. And as proof that every winemaker, every vintner has a story all their own, we're talking with a guy today who has a pretty amazing journey. From growing up in Northern Ohio through one of the most incredible records in college football and then to the NFL and then to Napa and to a real success story in wine. He's a busy guy. We've been trying to get him on this podcast since 2018 and it finally happened. We've got a lot to cover today, so let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Doug Schaefer, another episode of The Taste. Um, you know, the cool thing about the wine business is, A, you get to grow grapes and make wine, which is really fun, but you meet so many people from different worlds, artists, musicians, actors, athletes, and all sorts of sports. And today we've got a great one, a special guest, a great NFL player, and now making great wine, Charles Woodson. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. My pleasure. And before we go anywhere, just because uh, this is late, well, mid-February, just a few weeks ago, announced that you are now, you are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, class of 2020, 2021. Congratulations, man. Man, how about that? I it, mean, that is, uh, <laughs> that, that, that's something, you know, that, that you dream of as, as kids, really, man, that to, you know, be mentioned in, in, in the same sentence with some of the greats that ever played the game, man. So I'm, I'm certainly proud, man, and uh, happy to be um, a Hall of Famer. Oh, it's so cool. And I, I got to tell you, full disclosure here, I'm a Chicago boy, been a Bear fan forever, <laughs> been a Bear fan forever, and I've been working with this kid, my winemaker, for 35 years, Mr. Elias Fernandez, who is a diehard Raider fan. So I got to tell you, man, oh, yeah. I've been hearing about you for years. Every morning I walk in, Elias is talking <laughs> about the damn Raiders, you know, as they beat the That's Bears what I'm again. About. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Oh, well, man. you know, when I, when I said my speech after the. Um, uh, Chicago Bears game when when I was with the Packers and we beat the <laughs> Chicago Bears and I mentioned President Obama I should have mentioned your name too <laughs> yeah well <laughs> that's a good one oh I tell you it's tough being a Bear fan anyway um listen uh your story is pretty cool but it's lots of ping pong between back and forth between football and wine and we'll 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 process through all that today, but first of all, let's go all the way back. Talk, talk to me. Where were you born? Where were you raised? What's where were you? Fremont, Ohio. So I'm from I'm from the Midwest, uh, Northwest Ohio, a small town, probably roughly a little more than when I was growing up, a little more than probably twelve thousand people. We've we've grown since then. I think we're around sixteen thousand now. So we're growing, man. That's so Fremont, Ohio is where I'm from. That's cool. That's cool. So that's uh, I think it's uh, east of Cleveland, right? Is that yep. right? Yeah, okay. No, west. West of Cleveland. Oh, west, west. west. You're west right, you're right. West, towards, west. Out towards, yep. yeah, Lorraine and then towards Fremont and then towards, yep. uh, yeah, I got it. Toledo, Toledo, Toledo. Right. Yep. I remember doing a winemaker dinner out at the Catawba Island. Is that something? What's that sound? Catawba, Catawba, just north of there in the, middle of, in the middle of winter. It was a, oh wow! It was like a, a yacht. Rough. It was like this abandoned yacht club, and they had this dinner. And then they, 
I stayed there, and I was the only one in this rickety old building, and the wind's blown in off the lake. I was, it was like, it was like a scene from The Shining. I was freaked out. So, did well. they have you out there? Uh, did, did you ice fish or something to catch catch the food for the wine dinner or what? No, I just, I just, I just, <laughs> I blew in and blew out, man. It was like I'm getting out of yeah. here. It's cold. <laughs> yeah, it's a rough time to be in that part of the country. It's sure. Yep. So, family, brothers, sisters, what was that all about? Yeah. So, grew up. Um, with um, three three uh, kids in my household, so my older brother, older sister, um, and my mother. So it was um, the four of us. Um, I had other brothers and sisters, you know, right. out of uh, you know my father's relationships. But I grew up in a house with an older brother and older sister. Got it. And uh, I've you know I've done I've done some research on you. Um, your mom sounds like a pretty special woman. Tell me about her. Yeah, absolutely, man. She was a great mother. Um, as I mentioned, she was, um, you know, a single parent raising, you know, three kids, you know, two boys, and one girl. And, um, you know, she was, uh, you know, a hard worker, you know, always did whatever she had to do, man, to, to, to provide uh, for her kids, you know, by way of working long hours and working two, three jobs or whatever she needed to do. Um, she did those things, man. So my mom was a very strong a woman man and I give her a lot of credit for you know the way myself my brother and my sister turned out well amen to that man you know moms I'm with you moms are they're special they absolutely they, and man you know you, and you can't get away with anything can you no no <laughs> Not, not at all. They got a sixth sense, man, and they can uh, they can see behind their heads sometimes. Trust me, I know. Yeah, I remember that. It's like you know, I'm I'm, messing, I'm doing something really gnarly with my brothers, and all of a sudden, mom shows up. It's like it's like how'd she know we were doing this? You know, out in the backyard. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah they know it all. They know it all. <laughs> and so, growing up in Fremont, uh, I'm sure. Well, I'm assuming football for sure, but other interests, other sports. What was that all about? Yeah, I grew up playing. Um, uh, of course, uh, football started out playing flag football at an early age. Um, I was into basketball, um, played Little League baseball in the summers, dibbled and dabbled in track a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but but so that was it, man. Um, but always, always outside, always, you know, playing with, with all of the neighborhood kids, man. We, we stayed pretty active as far as, you know, our, our leisure time and getting out and, and playing any sport that we, any ball we can get our hand on. You know, we were going to be playing something. So we 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 had a fun, uh, you know, community with guys and, and you know the kids and the parents would all get out and kind of get to and, and, and do things together. You know, we we had yeah. a lot of fun outside outdoors. Yeah, I remember that because I grew up in near Chicago, and I you know I remember those summer nights where it's like you're playing, you're doing something, you're playing ball, baseball, or something. And, and yep. you know, and the weather's great, especially when the sun goes down, it cools off a little bit, and it's just it's yep. getting it's getting dark, and you still keep playing. You can hardly see, and then all of a sudden, the you know parents start yelling for kids to come home. It's like you know, one more inning. <laughs> I'm, no doubt, you hear that. You know, I remember being in the middle of uh, some some pretty um, wild and epic kickball games. I'd hear I'd hear my mom off in the distance, Charles. I'm like, no, not right now. Not right now. We're one, we're one behind the bases are loaded and I'm up (laughs) and I'm up. Yeah. Exactly. I love it. And, uh, so high school football, I, this is, well, talk to me about this. 1994, you're named Mr. Football for the state of Ohio. How'd that happen? What's that all about? 
Well, you got to play some good football, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, man. Um, so you know, high school is is you know like a lot of uh, uh, towns in, this, in 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 America. You know, we we're all about our football, and our, our town was no different. You know, that was the kind of the center of what we did. You know, during that time of year, you know, high school stadium right in the middle of town. Man, Friday night lights was a big deal. And I, I grew up playing the game, loving it, and I uh, got to high school and uh, had some motivation behind my older brother who was, um, you know, a star player in our high school. He was a running back, and I was a featured running back on the team as well. Um, and so, you know, I had, um, you know, some goals set, you know, to go out there and perform and, and, of course, you know, be the best player I could be and win football games, but also, you know, chasing my brother. And uh, in the midst of that, I was able to, of course, you know, gain some recognition of, of you know everyone around the state as being the top player in the state and, and winning Mr. Football, which is so cool. And now, this is the one I I've been dying to ask you this one. So I'm a Midwestern boy, and uh, I had, I had a bunch of friends who had some connections to Michigan, so I kind of grew up being a you know I couldn't root for Northwestern sorry no knock on Northwestern but you know tough school to root for football but so Michigan was right. my team UM man Wolverines right okay and okay. and yeah. the big rival Ohio State didn't like Ohio State right and so absolutely you're Mr. Football in Ohio and you go to Michigan instead of Ohio State what about that one how'd that happen well it's interesting that that you you put it the way you put it because you said that you know you were a Michigan fan and that meant that you weren't an Ohio State fan, right? <laughs> so let me let me take it let me take it back to grow, growing up as a, as a kid. My older brother was a big Michigan fan. He fell in love with Michigan as a as a as a young kid, and so you know he was my first like childhood sports you know idol right there in my house. He was a he was the guy I looked up to. Right. And he liked Michigan Michigan. So I started like to like Michigan. And so <laughs> as I as I grew up, you know my love for Michigan grew used to love watching you know guys like tony bowles and trip wellborn and jared bunch desmond howard you know so i fell in love with michigan and so just as you put it when it came down to you know recruiting and choosing where i was gonna go i really took it to heart that hey if i'm a michigan fan i can't also be Ohio State fan. I can't be busy. You know, I can't go down Ohio State. Like that doesn't make sense. So, you know, as it turns out, I took visits to you know Miami, the Hurricanes, Miami, Florida, Notre Dame, and Michigan, and uh, Ohio State was out. And really, the reason was because I really took the whole rivalry thing to heart, and there, so that was kind of the reason why I went up to Michigan. Well, I, yeah, I know. I, I, I did too. It's like, you know, Ohio State, boo, boo. I mean, I mean I'm, right, I'm just right. a Chicago boy, and I'm like, I've got uh, the, li the line is drawn. How funny. Yep. But, God, didn't you get, like, a ton of pressure locally and all the all your hometown folks? Well, I, you know, actually where, I'm, where I am, I'm in northwest Ohio. You know, there's a good bit of uh, Michigan fans yeah. there as well. So it wasn't uh, – it wasn't too bad in my immediate area, but I mean, around Ohio, you know, people were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know, we, we got, you know, we got the Mr. Football in the state. And he's not even going to consider, you know, going down to Ohio State. And yeah. I'm like, uh, nope. God. Was Woody Hayes coach at that point at Ohio State? No, it was, um, was after him. Cooper. Okay. John Cooper. Okay. Yep. Oh, wow. All right. Well, thanks, man. I was really curious about that one. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but, <laughs> yeah. but I'm glad you went to Michigan. Um, Absolutely. 
So, Charles, it's 1997, Heisman Trophy event, the award ceremony. You're sitting on stage with a couple guys, including Peyton Manning, who was like the hands-down favorite to win that year. Tell me about that whole event. Yeah, uh, yeah. so the, uh, for the Heisman, they took um, four guys up. Right. Um, so myself, um, Randy Moss, Peyton Manning, and uh, Ryan Leaf. Right. And, uh, you know, so that was, you know, pretty crazy. We, we were just coming off of the, you know, college football awards down in Miami, actually. Not in Miami, on Orlando. And um, so, you know, we're all prepared to go up to New York. And, you know, I, I know most of us were feeling, or most people were feeling that, you know, this was an award, you know, that was going to be given to Peyton Manning. Basically, they had given it to him before the season started. Right. You know, he'd come back for his uh, <laughs> senior year, and it was like it was it was all Peyton. So, you know, we're we're just going up there. We're, we're a part of the four, you know, that are going up there. And so, right. hey, you know, we'll go up there a couple of days in New York City. Yeah, have a have a good run at it, and, and, and get back home and get ready for the Rose Bowl. Right. And you know, it just <laughs> just so, just so happens, you know, they get up to get up there to announce, and, and they say from Michigan, and oh. it was like, whoa. Really, so you know, kind of, kind of stunned a little bit, and um, you know, I always tell people, you know, there's a a moment, you know, right before I get up, uh, where Randy Moss, he's sitting on my right, you know, he, he hits me with a quick little, a little subtle elbow, like, yeah. man, get up, yeah, <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, let me get up, let me get up, <laughs> so he has up, you know, I had to get up and. I, you know, I didn't prepare a speech. I didn't even think about it, to be yeah. honest, man. I, I just had to get up there and, you know, accept the award the best way I could. So, yeah, that was that was it, man. Oh, that's so cool. Because, yeah, I do I do remember that because Peyton was going to – he was the lock. He was uh, – and, and yep. it's usually offensive players because I – correct me if I'm wrong. Are you the first one to ever get who's all mostly defense, not offensive player? Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm it. You're it. I'm it. God, talking to him, man. Man, you know, Charles, it's like right and left here, man. Hall of Fame, Heisman Trophy, defense, you know. It just says, this just is this is really fun. Thanks for doing this. I wish we were I wish we were here drinking some wine or having a beer or something. Anyway. Oh, that'd be that'd be fun. Well, okay, that'd well, be fun. well, okay, well, okay, sure. we'll put we'll put that on the book. Put that in the books, man. I'm buying. Anyway, so Heisman Trophy, college is over. Um, drafted by the Raiders. Talk to me about that whole experience and, you know, Michigan going to the West Coast, the Raiders, Al Davis, the whole deal. What was that like? Yeah, it was, you know, it was, uh, you know, an interesting time, you know, because, you know, the the, the draft is coming up. So you're, you're putting in your work, you know, you're training, you know, getting ready for your, your pro day. You know, you're trying to go out there and, and, and you know, impress all of the scouts that are coming out there. Um, and so, you know, you know, you kind of get a feel of, because of what you heard about what teams need, you yeah. know, what they're going to go after. And, uh, you know, my name, you know, you know, was popping up with the Oakland Raiders and, you know, them having a pick and needing a corner, you know, trying to shore up their defense. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's an excitable time. You know, I, I remember uh, I think I took a visit down to Jacksonville. Um, I took I went out to Oakland and uh, I want to say maybe one more. Um, and so, you know, you, you go, you're kind of going through that process. And then, you know, there was some talk that I believe there were some rumblings that Jacksonville was going to make a move and hmm. maybe trade up. Maybe they were going to trade up and take me. So 
all of a sudden now, you know, I kind of go from, you know, hey, I'm going to Oakland. I'm going to be the fourth pick to all of a sudden Jacksonville's thinking about making a move. Maybe they're moving up to take me or maybe they're moving up to take somebody else. You don't right. know. Right. You know, yeah, you don't know. Like, yeah, all of a sudden now you're a little anxious like, holy cow, I could be sitting there at the draft, you know, for, <laughs> you know, for an entire day. <laughs> you know well, I mean? you yeah. Yeah, well, look what happened right. at the Heisman ceremony. You know, yeah, same deal. Yeah. I mean, you don't know because, you know, once a team, you know, once people start coming off the board, the team gets what they need. If the next 10 teams don't need your position, then you could sit for the next, you know, uh, 10 spots and so at that time you know it was 15 minute rounds and they took all 15 minutes too so it could be a long day wow um, so so you know eventually you know I'm up there um, uh, they took I think it was me Peyton Ryan Leaf and uh, maybe Curtis I think Curtis Enos might have been there as well right. he was the fifth pick and so we were all up there and you know, the call came in, you know, and it was the Raiders. And, uh, you know, I couldn't, of course, couldn't have been any more excited than to be drafted. Uh, first of all, being drafted high. Yeah. So I, I got I got that out of the way. I'm the yeah. first pick. But then to go to, you know, the Oakland Raiders, which I would, I would you know, confess that I, I wasn't – I didn't know a whole lot about the Raiders. Of course, I, you know, I knew the mystique of the Raiders. I knew the – I knew Al Davis, yeah. you know, silver and black. You know, <laughs> listen to, you know, listen to NWA as a kid, see yeah. them in all the Raiders gear. So, I mean, I knew about the Raiders, but I didn't necessarily know the Raiders. Right. Um, so, you know, getting out there and, and, and truly – you know, kind of getting immersed into Raider Nation and, and uh, the Raiders organization, man. And then every day, you know, seeing guys around like Willie Brown, uh, Freddie Belitnikoff, Bel- Jim Otto, you know. Otto and um, Belitnikoff, Cl- yeah. Cliff Branch, yeah, Cliff Branch. Um, I mean, all kind of guys. And George Atkinson. I mean, all of these guys that, that you end up, you know, talking to d- during your first initial time there – and then you start just, you know, really talking to them and they're telling you stories, the old Raiders and this and that. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, man, this is this is what it's all about. You know what I mean? So just just another, you know, unbelievable moment in, in, in the moments that I've had in my life, man. So very blessed and fortunate that I was able to go fourth pick overall to the Oakland Raiders. Oh, that's so cool. And think about the stories. You mean, because I've, you know, I've read a bunch of stuff about Stabler, you know, Kenny Stabler. And, and you know, he was just... He was, he was wild. You know, it was kind of like the Wild yeah. West. You know, they're out, you know, partying hard, and then they go to sleep, get up, sleep a couple hours, get up and play the game. That was truly old school. Yeah. You know, um, the, the Raiders were known for, you know, bringing some guys in that, you know, apparently other people didn't want, and they allowed, the, they allowed those guys to live as they lived. You know, but, hey, come show up on Sunday. And those, right. that's what they did. <laughs> and they, they went all the way up until, you know, the kickoff. <laughs> oh, man. Sometimes the weekend lasted to kickoff. And then oh. after the game, they probably went right back to doing whatever. So, yeah, that was that was old school, old school football, old school Raiders for sure. It's crazy, but you kind of got to love it. You got to, even though it's nuts, you got to respect it in a crazy way, you know. Jeez. Yeah, no doubt. Because they, cause they won. Yeah, I mean, you know they, they they were winners, man. They did it their way, and, and they won. They did, they did. So, Raiders, Oakland training camps up here in Napa, because I'm trying to get I'm trying to piece this together. Talk to me about the wine thing. When did you start getting into wine? Was it before you came out here? Or after? No, no, no. I I I didn't know. I didn't I didn't even think about wine. Mm-hmm. You know, as a you know a young you know teenager, young man. 
before I got out to uh, Napa Valley. So, um, yeah, I, I'd probably maybe drank some type of wine as, you know, <laughs> growing up in, in, in college and whatever, but nothing that I, you know, I wasn't into it. You know, we, we drank, you know, other beverages, you know, other type of liquor and that type of thing. So I was, I was not into wine, um, was never interested or, or really looking forward to, you know, being interested. And so I get out to Napa Valley and, uh, you know, first time I'm riding up there, you know, I'm, I'm you know, looking around and you, you see all of these vineyards, these, these rolling hills and the mountains. And I was like, wow, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty neat, you know, to see all this, you know, we, we don't, I didn't see too much of that growing up, of course. And, you know, where I lived and then, you know, kind of once that happened, once I kind of got, you know, up there and kind of used to being in Napa, then I just started you know, kind of venturing out a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. so during, during lunchtime, during dinner time, you know, rather than always going in and eating what the team was eating, you know, I would, I would go out, you know, I would go to Don Giovanni's, I would go to Rutherford's Grill. Um, I would go to Bricks if I can get all the way up there. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and just, just a few other places, um, that I, that I, that I visit Tranka's Grill, you know, so I got, I got out, you know, I was, got out, I was eating great food, Right, <laughs> um, and then the one thing, one thing I noticed was that you know every time I went out, you know, no matter what time of day, um, people were sitting down with a bottle of wine. And uh, the one thing that I would notice is that you know, especially at dinner time, people would come in with their own bottles, right? You know, um, maybe pay a corkish fee if, if the restaurant uh, demanded that. But it was, it was, it was, uh, it was a centerpiece, you know, to an evening. Right. to a gathering or some type of family affair and you know you'd see a bottle or two sitting in the middle of people and they'd all be sitting there and then they'd you know cork the cork the bottle pour the wine people would swirl and sniff and i'm looking at you know from afar like what the what the hell are they doing <laughs> you know, <what> I'm <laughs> you, know I'm, I'm, I'm you know i'm coming you know i'm fresh out of college and we we drink you know we didn't we weren't we weren't swirling and sniffing. No, we, no, we drank. Yeah, yeah. we drank. Yeah. Know? So I mean that that just kind of uh, it just it, you know it, it was something that caught my attention. And right. I thought you know what I, I need to really like kind of maybe dig into this and see what's really going on. So you know I kind of dibbled and dabbled a little bit and 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 uh, drank the wine, drank some wine, and then all of a sudden, man, I feel like it just. I think I was overwhelmed by it. I was like, man, this is, this is something I want to be a part of. Huh. So that's, that's kind of how it started. That's cool. And I heard, uh, I think, I think, uh, you had a running with, uh, Robert Mondavi, I think when you were visiting Mondavi one time, is that what happened? Yeah. One, one, yeah, one time I got, to, I got to meet him. Um, cool. you know, really, you know, kind of quick in passing and, uh, you know, he was, you know, sitting down and he was, he was with a, another group of folks and a friend of mine said, Hey man, you know, Mr. Mandavi, this is Charles Woodson. So, you know, we said a couple couple of pleasantries and I just remember that he had um he had a, a glass of wine and he only had, you know, probably less than an ounce of wine in this glass. Maybe maybe an ounce and a half, maybe. And then and then he poured some water in the wine, you know, and kind of filled it up. And I was like, Whoa, you know, what are you doing? He's like, Well, um, I, I know I have to drink water, 
but I need to I need to have some wine in my water to drink it. So that's how he drank. <laughs> that's how he drank water to stay hydrated and put a little wine in it. So I was like, okay, I, I, I'm digging this. <laughs> you know, I've never I've never heard that one. I throw ice cubes yeah. in glasses of wine all the time, but the water is a good idea. That you know, instead yeah. of having two separate yeah. glasses, you just have one. You just take care hey, of man. it. Just, just hydrate. Just put a little more water in there than the wine you got, and boom, you, you, you got it worked out. I like that. Oh, I'm going to use yeah. that one. All right. So, yeah. me, but meanwhile, jumping back, you got your first year in the NFL. Another, jeez, man, you and your awards. So, rookie year, what do you win? You get what? Uh, defensive rookie of the year. Yeah. I mean, boom. Yeah. It just, the hits keep coming with you. It's just yeah. crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. career's going crazy. Um, going great. Everything's working. And, but then all of a sudden you start, I think you start making some wine back in 2001. Was that when you start making yep, a little made, bit? Of, yep. What was, tell yeah, me about that. A, we made a barrel of, uh, Merlot. Okay. Um, to 2001. Okay. And, um, you know, it was just going to be, it was just kind of, uh, you know, a hobby, you know, something to do. Yeah. Uh, make a barrel of wine, you know, bottle it, you know, maybe, you know, give it away to some friends or maybe donate it to charity or whatnot. And like that was kind of the first, you know, introduction to, you know, having my own, you know, label. Right. And, you know, it it, it turned out really great. And I was like, oh, man, I think this is really cool, you know. And yeah. so I was like, you know, it, it, it took a while to actually, you know, that was 2001. So it, it took to uh, 2005 ended up being like our first vintage Got Charles with some wines, but you know, 2001 was the you know the first time we dibbled and dabbled with a barrel, and that uh, that was your first brand. That was called 24, right? That was 20. That was 24. Yeah, 24. And I'm I'm guessing the name came from your number. That's exactly where it came from. There you go. See, look, that's, that's yeah, it. you know, <laughs> you know, every okay. once every once in a while, I can put two and two together. That's yeah, all right. Take those, take those clues and run with it. You know, that's super. So you were getting going. Two thousand five <laughs> was the official kickoff. But um, meanwhile, though, you know, you've given so much money away, and I'm, whether it's through your wine business or not, your philanthropy has been amazing. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Just um, the Children's Hospital back in Ann Arbor and some other organizations you support. I'm curious about that. Yes. Yeah, well, the, the Children's Hospital is something that, um, you know, the guys that go to Michigan, you know, we, we're all kind of, uh, you know, endeared to the uh, CSMI Children's Hospital there. I know that something that was started, I believe, with um, Lloyd Carr, could have been before him, but Lloyd Carr would, would have, you know, guys go to the hospital, you know, on a weekly basis. So, um, you know, you, you'd go there and, you know, you'd, you, you know they'd, they'd split us up. And, you know, you know, one group might go on one floor, next group on another floor. And so, you know, kind of go around, visit, you know, see some kids, see their families. And, uh, you know, Coach Carr just wanted us to uh, really just appreciate, you know, where we were at. And uh, just to understand that, hey, man, um, you know, while we're down here practicing and, you know, you think you have it hard, um, you, you see what some, some, you know, people are really going through. And just to kind of put things into perspective. And so over the years, you know, I had, you know, two of my teammates, uh, Steve Hutchinson and, and Brian Greasy, who put together um, a golf tournament and kind of used it as like a reunion to where guys would come back um, during the summer. So we'd go up there and part of their tournament 
is on a Saturday morning, we would get up and all of the guys that came would go to the hospital. And so um, I went there one day and, uh, you know, I always tell people, you know, you don't you don't you don't get it until you get it. Right. Yeah, so yeah. one day one day I'm walking in that hospital and, and it just hit me. You know, I was looking at these young kids and I was just thinking to myself, wow, um, you know, sometimes, you know, you can take it for granted, you know, not not deliberately, but you do um, that, you know, you could just. I can just come and go as I want. You know, I remember growing up as a kid, you know, I had, you know, you, I injured myself, but it was, it was, it was the injuries that we all get, you know, right. you know, I sprained the ankle, you know, had turf, turf burns and, you know, different things like that. But, you know, when you look at these kids and in, in the, sometimes in a position to where they can't go outside, maybe they can't leave the room. Um, you know, they may be only allowed one person in at a time. You know, you just, just a lot of different things, man, that, you know, they shouldn't have to go through that. You know right. what I mean? And so that's when I decided to, you know, monetarily get involved and, uh, you know, pledge some money and then also continue to use my name as, uh, you know, for awareness um, of what we're trying to do. So we, we as a we as a team, I say as a team, you know, myself and, you know, the guys I mentioned and the whole entire Michigan family, man, you know, was able to raise a ton of money, you know, along with our sponsors and all of the people who supported us each and every year. So. Uh, certainly very proud of that and, and thank you for asking about that oh man you should be because uh you know i'm not going to quote numbers but it's millions and millions of dollars over the years and uh you know directly to you and your buddy's efforts so um thank you for that and you know how cool the coach back in michigan because you guys are just college kids you know you're 19 yep. 18 20 years old you know young yep. young and dumb you know and yep. um uh, you know, I say that, you know, because we were all young and dumb at that age. But I yep. mean, to how, what great foresight to expose you guys to that early on to say, you know, and it's either going to stick or not, but at least uh, it was a, a great move, really smart move. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, you, you got to think as, uh, you know, your parents who, who are sending you to school, you know, you want them to be around someone like a coach car, you know, somebody, somebody that truly cares and, and um, somebody who's trying to make that positive impact on you. So you know, I certainly appreciate it. And I know the guys that I played with appreciated it too. I got it. Did your mom like Coach Carr? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, okay. I just want to make Absolutely. sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, she, if she didn't, then I, yeah. You, I you, you, might, you, might, you might have been in Miami, baby. Uh, <laughs> I might have been in Miami. <laughs> I love it. All right, I got one for you. So 05, 06, you're making wine. Um all of a sudden, new new NFL commissioner, Roger Goodall, comes along. I don't know if he was new then or not, but he says that football players can't endorse alcohol brands. How'd that go over? <laughs> yeah, not, uh, man, not, not very well. Yeah. You know? <laughs> okay, God, I, know that, I know that was, that, yeah, that was a, that was a shocker. Yeah. Know, especially, you know, since I was just getting into the business. Right. And, uh, you know, I just remember, you know, saying to myself that, you know, I'm not in, I'm not, I'm not endorsing alcohol per se but this is this is my company so you know you you, you can't you can't stop you know someone from being an entre entrepreneur you know so i continued to make wine and uh you know it was what's funny is that you know I, I would you know do these events and you know people might come by and they want to do interviews and you know i would tell them and you know me i'm thinking you know maybe i'm a little naive but i'm thinking hey man don't mention the fact that you know, I'm not supposed to be 
talking about wine and da 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 because of this and that. And so, how do you think every <laughs> article um, started off? Well, <laughs> just, Charles just... is not supposed to be doing this because of the NFL, but basically he's doing it anyway. <laughs> oh man, that's so of like, course because that's so the like, that's geez, the hook. Like, oh god! Like, wow, man, I'm like, why do y'all do that? You know. Oh. So, I just I tried my best to just kind of uh, you know move under the radar as, as much as <laughs> yeah. I could, but I mean like I said it was it was something that I that I that I loved um, that I wanted to be a part of and again it was it was my company so um, I didn't I didn't see no way I was going to stop. Well, I was going to say, but they, did you get fined and stuff like that, or did they they kind of back off? No, no, no. Yeah, they they, they kind of backed off a Good. little bit. Um, and like I said, I didn't I didn't. Um, I didn't go out to throw it in the NFL's face, so I wasn't, you know, like vocal about it. Like, oh man, da 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 da. da. You right. Know, I just, right. I just, I just moved. I just moved along, basically. Yeah. I just moved along, and so. Yeah, I love that comment you made. You know, flying under the radar. You know, I'm sorry, Mr. Yeah. Woodson. You you can't fly under the radar. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good tr- good try though. <laughs> well, I, well, I flew low. I don't know yeah, if I was flew under low. the radar. Okay. But I was flying low. Cool. All right. So. Back to football, 06, um, you go from the Raiders to the Packers. Tell me about that one. That was a, that was a big move. Yeah, so obviously my, my, my time had run out in Oakland. Um, I had just come off my uh, second franchise and uh, tag, and they decided that uh, they didn't want to bring me back. And so uh, it was off the free agency. And so I go into free agency, um, of course, you know, with high hopes that, you know, I was going to have a, a round of teams to you know, kind of pick and choose from. And no, it, it didn't end up being like that for me. Um, so, you know, I talked to, you know, I was kind of talking to Tampa at the time because, you know, Gruden was down there. Um, our old GM, Bruce Allen, was down there. And I, I really thought it would be a foregone conclusion that, I'd be in Tampa. And then, you know, and then I kind of, you know, started to get excited. I'm like, oh, man, that would be perfect because my mom was in Orlando at the time. Tampa Bay is an hour drive. I'm like, man, it's going to be awesome. Uh, turns out Tampa didn't really want me or somebody didn't want me. I don't know who it was. I, I hate to say Gruden didn't want me. I, I, he better – that better not be the case. <laughs> but, but so, you know, I kind of move along, you know, trying to talk to some teams. And then all of a sudden, you know, Green Bay came calling – and, you know, before you know it, you know, I had taken a visit to Green Bay and then, you know, uh, we had been talking to my agent and all of a sudden, you know, they started talking numbers and it, it became real, more real and more real that, you know what, the only place that really is showing interest is Green Bay. And next thing you know, boom, I was signed in Green Bay and off to off to Green Bay, Wisconsin, I went. Man, what you just described that's got to be really tough because yeah, it's a it's a young man's game and yeah, we all yeah, I'm sure you guys go into it knowing there's only so many years you play and blah blah blah. But still, you know, you're a pro bowler, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and all of a sudden, you know, they're taking a pass on you. I mean, how do you how do you deal with that in your head and your gut? You know, as far as like not just being, you know, you just want to be mad at the world. It's like. What do you mean I'm not yeah. good enough? You know what I mean? I mean, I'm just yeah, trying yeah. to put myself in your place. It'd be like, I'd be really pissed off. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I was. I was. I, and that's, yeah. that's, that's exactly, that's exactly you know, how I took it. You know, I, yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't imagine that, you know, all of these teams out here that, hey, I watch football too. So I know a lot of teams right. and what they need. And, uh, you know, I'm out here sitting in free agency 
And, you know, I have my agent calling all of these different people and each one of them said, hey, uh, yeah, we're not looking for a corner right now. And I'm thinking, what? Yes, you are. (laughs) What do you mean you're not looking for a corner? Uh, So, yeah, it was it was man, it was frustrating because I I mean, I just I, I was I was beyond, you know, in disbelief that I didn't really have any suitors, you know, and I, I remember, you know, too, like looking, you know, you see all the tickers, you know, of, of you know, the top free agents that are out there. And I think, man, I remember seeing one time, man, I, I don't even think my, they mentioned my name in the top. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on yeah. around here? You know? <laughs> well, yeah. So I, I don't know what was going on. I don't know, you know, who said what and what, was, but man, nobody was, nobody was touching me, man. So it was, it was a crazy time. It really was. Well, I'm actually kind of pissed off now. I think about it. so. <laughs> well, well, but but look at you. So you go to Green Bay. You probably don't have the best attitude in the world, or you figured something out. So how'd you how'd you turn around in your head? How'd you do that? Yeah, I, I think well, uh, two ways. You know, first it was football. You know, once once I started, you know, really playing. Yeah. And um, you know, out there making plays. You know, then, of course, the game, you know, started to be fun again. Uh, but then I think it was the guys that I was around, man. You know, the guys in my backfield, you know, that I was hanging with every day. You know, Al Harris, Nick Collins, you know, Tremont Williams. And, you know, the, the, the guys that we had on that back end, man, we, we were all pretty tight, pretty close. Uh, I had a former player, George Kuntz, man, who was very instrumental. Uh, he was one of the first guys I talked to when I, when I was, you know, uh, a free agent and took a visit up to Green Bay and, I just remember, you know, him, you know, saying to me, hey, Charles, man, I think you're going to you, you'll do great in Green Bay. And I remember sitting in the car with him with, in the car with him like, man, I'm not coming to Green Bay. And so, <laughs> you know, so we uh, yeah, so, we, you know, me and him, man, we, we had a you know really great relationship, man. He started, you know, really kind of introducing me to the people that he knew around Wisconsin and, and that community. And, uh, you know, I kind of started, you know getting out around Green Bay, you know, going, sitting out in restaurants and that sort of thing. And then all of a sudden, you know, I just, I just, eventually I just kind of relaxed. Right. You know, and it was like, okay, I'm, I'm here. You know, I, I ain't going nowhere. I, I, I'm, you know, I've signed this deal. You know, I'm, I'm into the, you know, season. I'm out here making plays. Now I'm having fun again. All right, man, let's do this. And so that's, that's kind of the way it went. Yeah. And fast forward a couple of years and, uh, not that revenge is the wrong word, but uh, hey, NFL, look what you missed. Because what happened in 2009? Yeah, 2009, Defensive Player of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year. So it's like yeah. all those teams have passed on you, man. It's like, yeah, really? Look at that. <laughs> That's yeah. got to feel – I'm sorry. That's right. making me feel really good. How do they make you right. feel? <laughs> and, and, they, and, and they told me I was I was old, you know, yeah. five years prior. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I love it. So yeah, man. Way yeah, to go. No That's so cool. Yeah. And then so P- Packers were great and then uh 2010 season what is it February or January 2011 you guys won the Super Bowl, right? I beat the beat the yep. Steelers. Yep. Beat the Steelers down in um in Dallas, um which is kind of crazy because of, you know, what Texas is going through right now with all of the uh, uh you know, the cold cold weather and snow, you know, things that are kind of uncharacteristic down there. The same thing happened the week uh, that we went to the Super Bowl in Dallas. Right. And it snowed and it was, you know, 
like you know single digit temperatures it, it, it felt like we had you know brung green bay to dallas it really did so it, it was kind of you know crazy to sit back and talk about it now that what they're going through um is exactly what happened the week you know we went down to dallas for the super bowl so, wow yeah i remember yeah, so that. that year man we we, we 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 put it together you know finally put it together and um you know made our run made a great run at the end of the season we had to we had to win two regular season games at the end um, against New York and the Chicago Bears. Um, and then we were the lowest seed. We were the sixth seed. So we had to go on the road every game. We had to go to Philly. Next was to uh, Atlanta. And then we went to Chicago, played, played Chicago in the championship game and, you know, won it. And, you know, here I was, man, back back to the Super Bowl for the second time. And, you know, this time, deter- determined to win it this time for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And so meanwhile, so meanwhile, you're busy. You know, I mean, you're busy. You're in Green Bay. You're playing football, but you're still. You, I'm bouncing back to wine right now. So still, your 24 brand still cranking along, right? I mean, you're yep. you're making wine every year. At that yep. point, yeah. Yep. Yep. Cool. And then, uh, <clears throat> so would you like come out here just during preseason and check on the wine? Or would you come out off season and visit and check out the wines and do all that stuff? Yeah, I'd be out there. I I was always there in the off season. You know, okay. I'd be back and forth from. Uh, at the time, I was living in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, so you know, I'd be back and forth all the time um, during the season. If I could, you know, get out there maybe on a uh, on a bye week, I would go out there during the season. But uh, mostly off season, I'd be back and forth. Okay, and so would you come out and like get involved in blending and all that stuff and. Be part of that yeah that was you know our, our winemaker was uh gustavo gonzalez um right probably, you probably know gustavo um yeah but yeah so um that was that was really you know the fun part is yeah you know, really to see him in action you know because he's he's you know he's the <laughs> winemaker so he's who you put your trust in you know to make sure that you know what you put in that bottle is going to be you know the real deal and to kind of see him kind of you know play around with different samples and you know all right, we're going to put uh, 20% of this barrel, um, 10% of this one, 5%. You'd be, you sit looking back like, what? What What are you talking about, man? You're not, <laughs> you're, not even, you're not even measuring this stuff, man. And then, you know, he put this sample together and you taste it. And he say, all right, you know, this is kind of, uh, this is what you could get for this particular blend. Then he blends something else. And then you start tasting all of these different, you know, um, different, different, uh, percentages of of you know the the cab of and, and different type of barrels that we were using and putting them together, and then getting to right. a point where you're like, oh yeah, that's it right there, Gustavo. So yeah, man, that was <laughs> that, that that part of it was was really fun. That's the fun part. Um, were you, ever, you ever during that time were you able to come out during harvest? Or that was probably pretty tough because that's season. Yeah, I, I was able to. Um, not to jump ahead of you, but when I came back to Oakland. Um, which was which was great. I went out and one of the uh, strength and conditioning coaches went out with me one day, and we went out we went out for harvest, and uh, oh, cool. that was uh that was an incredible experience as well. You know, just just watch just watching the guys in action, man, and, and how they go through those roles, and 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 with the speed at which they do it, and with those oh. little those little hook knives. You know, which Those, I, yeah. I, 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 gra- I grabbed one 
and uh, I went to cut it, and, and everybody looked and said, uh, you know what? Maybe you should put those down, and you, maybe, you should, maybe you should grab the little snippers. <laughs> I have I have had the same experience. Um, I start out with the guys every time. Every, I not do often. Every once in a while, I'll go out and try to pick for a while, and they just laugh at me. It's like, come on, man, forget about mm-hmm. it. You can't keep up. Yeah. So that's right. So <laughs> so we have that in common, my friend. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah. So third. So talk to me about that last move. So back from the Packers to the Raiders in thirteen. What uh, what happened then? What was that all about? Yep. So um, my my time had, had had run its course in a, in another place, and, and Green Bay was uh, they were done with me, and so now <laughs> here I am uh, back in free agency again, and huh. uh, so this time <clears throat> right out of the box, I'll take a visit to San Francisco, and out there you have Jim Harbaugh out there. Um, you know we had we had just played um san francisco uh, in the playoffs and so you know they 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 beat us so you know they they had they had watched me and they you know felt i could still play and then so here i am thinking again you know jim harbaugh's out there right shit i'm gonna be in i'm I'm gonna be a 49er so 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 check this so i go out there to san francisco and, uh, right. you know, meeting with everybody and, you know, chumming it up. I'm like, this is a foregone conclusion. I'm not, I'm probably not going to leave here without getting a deal. And, uh, you know what? I end up, they end up making another flight. I'm on my way out of there. So I'm like, dang, okay. So we kind of talk back and forth. I'm talking to my agent like, hey, man, you know, let's talk about numbers and this and that. And I'll be damned if two days, maybe two days later, they signed another damn safety. So they were going to bring oh. me in as safety. And they signed another safety. And I thought to myself, are we about to, are we about to do this again? <laughs> so so this then, isn't fair. This this is it's crazy. So then I yeah. go so then I go to Denver and uh you know meet with, you know, Elway and um right. uh you know other coaches there and I'm like Yep. Well, I'll probably probably be a Denver Bronco. And so then, so then, guess what? <laughs> they made flight arrangements again. So now I'm leaving Denver. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, that's cool. All right, whatever. So I get a call from uh, Zach Crockett, who I played with, and uh, he was a scout. He's a scout for uh, the Raiders, and um, right. you know, he was a former teammate of mine. We played together in Oakland. And he called me. He was like, man, what you doing? I said, man, you know, I'm just, you know, just trying to, you know, see what's, see what's happening, man. See where I'm going to play at next. He was like, come on, man. You know you need to come on home. And I, and I, and I was like, what? He was like, man, come oh, on wow. home. He was like, come on home, man. You need to stop playing. Oh, and I was wow. like, you, you think so? You think, you think the Raiders will want me back out there? You know, I'm, I'm like, because I, I, I promise you, I didn't think about going back to Oakland. Interesting. And, and so, um. I said, well, okay, uh, you know, l- l- you know, let's talk to Reggie, and and so I just I just need to talk to him just to you know let him know where I'm at and what I had just gone through in the previous two places, and uh, me and Reg talked, and then Reg was like, you know what, see, we'll just you know just come on out, man, let's come on out and uh, sit down with us, and I was like, all right, man, cool, made arrangements, <laughs> boom, so I'm, I'm going out to Oakland, and then all of a sudden <laughs> I start hearing you know that there, there's this buzz, of course, that I'm coming out there. And I hear that people are going to be at the facilities waiting on me. And I was like, 
Hmm, that's interesting. You know, because like I said, I didn't, I never thought about going back. And then I didn't really know, you know, how the fans were going to react to hearing that I was coming back out there to visit. And so I was just, I was just, I was really kind of um, taken aback by that, you know, that people were going to be waiting, you know, outside the, the uh, facility. So my flight ended up being delayed, I believe. And so, you know, there was a huge crowd in the morning and then it kind of dissipated a little bit because I, I probably didn't get there till, you know, five or six hours after I was supposed to or something like that. But, man, I get out the airport and ride up to the facilities, man, and there's all these Raiders fans out there, you know. Going, well, welcome going. back, come back, da da da, da. <laughs> and, I, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm tripping out because I honestly didn't know what to expect. And so... You know, I remember going through the people, you know, getting out, you know, saying hello, you know, slapping fives. Then I go in the building and uh, social media, some somebody showed, showed me something on social media where people are like, hey, man, so all Seawood needs to know is he ain't leaving without signing this deal. So don't even think about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm sitting there thinking to myself, man, we might better get something done because I think these Raiders fans are serious, man. They ain't going to let me get out of here without a deal. So that's kind of oh. how that went down, man. That's how I oh, became man. a Raider again. Charles, I remember everybody was just stoked around here. I mean, just so excited. I'm, 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 I'm sorry that you didn't realize how much you were loved around here, buddy. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So you came back. Too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Came Dang. back and played played a couple years, and then uh, 2015 was was retirement time. If my notes yep. are correct, right? Yep. Played uh played three more years. Um. Was able to make a Pro Bowl in the last year, 18 years, made the Pro Bowl wow. in the last year. Um, but during that year, uh, the first game of the season, I uh, separated my shoulder. Um, mm. and, then the, and then the third game, I sustained a grade two MCL sprain. So oh. I started that season, man, just beat up. I mean, just right. beat up. So every, you know, every week, every game, you know, I was mentally – I mentally had to get over that hurdle to just get out and run. You know, my knee felt like it was, you know, my bottom half of my leg looked like it was, felt like it was wobbly and, and didn't have any stability. But I would get it taped up. Trainers would tape me up and, and, and you know, do the best they could. I'd have this shoulder harness on and I was just trying to move around doing practice just to kind of, just to move a little bit. And uh, right. our, our coach, Jack Del Rio, man, was really cool about it as far as, you know, going out, getting a few reps, and then going into our indoor building and doing whatever I could rehab-wise to get myself ready. But I think what, what happened over time, man, is, is as I kept getting over that mental hurdle, um, you know, to, to play with these injuries, I think it, it finally wore on me. And uh, yeah. we were down in Detroit uh, getting ready to play them, and I woke up that morning of the game, and, uh, you know, I said to myself, you know what? If they if they canceled the game today, I wouldn't be mad. And that's when I knew I was mm -hmm. done because I'd, I'd never woken up on a Sunday morning or whatever day we're playing and said, I don't want to play football. Now, yeah. I've woken up on practice sometimes and said that, but, but, yeah. never, but never a game, man. And that's when I knew, you know what? It's over. Yeah. Yep. And, and good for you for recognizing it. It's mm – -hmm. um, yeah, I'm with you. Um, I can I can see that when it's when it's there, it's there. Yep. And there you go. Yep. 
So that chapter closes. But meanwhile, I think right around, I don't know, it was right around that time or within a year or two, you start a new wine brand. I think you, you, I'm not sure if 24 is still going on, but you start a new one. Uh, Talk talk to me about that one. Yeah, Intercept. Intercept Wine. uh, Got it. That's that's, that's the brand uh, right now. And and so, you know, over the years, um, you know, 24 was a high-end brand, probably retail for $85. And a right. lot, of, a lot of those fans, you know, probably a lot of the fans that were, you know, welcoming me back, you know, to the facilities, you know, they would always say, "Hey, man, we love your brand," and uh, they supported it greatly. Um, trust me, they did. Um, right. They said, "Hey, you know, we 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 need something, you know, more affordable, you know, still high quality, but we need something a little more affordable." And I would hear that a lot. Um, I would always hear people say, "Hey, you need to come out with a Pinot." and these different things. And so, you know, I had been thinking about it and, uh, you know, then I was uh, approached by someone who said, Hey man, I know you're thinking about, you know, doing something different. Um, I may have, you know, some leads for you. So I talked to, uh, a couple of different folks and then, you know, I got to, uh, Jeff O'Neill and O'Neill Vintners and, you know, we, you know, sat down and talked together, man. I sat down with his team and, a partnership was born out of that. And so we went, we went to work, you know, working on, um, sitting down with my winemaker, Amanda Gorder, going through mm-hmm. different samples of different, um, the different varietals that they had. So, you know, couple, two, three, four, you know, different samples of the Shard, of the Pinot, the Red Blend and the Cab and, uh, tasted through all of them and, and let them know kind of what, you know, my preference is, what style I like, you know, what I was going to be, uh, very enthusiastic about telling people about, you know, because I, I need to be able to enjoy it just as much as anybody who's going to drink it, you know, any consumer. So um, we sat down and did that. And then we, hey, man, after that, we were, we were off and running. That's cool. So it's it's called Intercept. And uh, what do you guys what do you guys make? What flavors? We make the uh, Chardonnay. We make uh, Pinot, um, a red blend and a Cabernet Sauvignon. Nice, nice. Yep. And so you la- you launched this puppy, um, I yeah, think we, just, we just back in, uh, yeah, we just, just launched it. Yeah, we just launched, this is 2021, right at the end of 19? Yeah, yeah. I think that's about right. Yeah, yeah. And so you're, you're jazzed, you got a new winemaking team, you got affordable wines for your fans who still love you. It's late 19, Opening new states, spreading the word. Yep. <laughs> then, then, co- then COVID comes then along. COVID is absolutely. <laughs> what, what'd you do? What'd you, what'd you, what'd you, what'd you and your team do, man? man How'd we, you handle it? We, we, we had to, we had to do what everybody else did, man. We had to adapt. Um, yeah. So you know, of, of course, uh, on premise took a huge hit. You know, right? Uh, restaurants were shut down. So I mean, you, you just can't get in there. I mean, there's, there's really nothing you can do in that regard. So I'm sure, uh, much like you, you got to put your focus in other places. Um, direct to consumer, um, ended up becoming huge for us, um, right. being able to, you know, deliver, um, retail, you know, places, um, you know, like, a you know, ABC, uh, fine wine and spirits down here. Those places were mm-hmm. still able to be op- open. So we were able to, um, still connect with, uh, those retailers that could still sell wine and people who were still somewhat working, you know, in that capacity. So, 
we just hit the ground running, you know, that way and just adapted. And then, you know, a yeah. lot, lot of Zoom calls, um, you know, a lot of calls like yeah. <laughs> like we're doing now, you know, just to just keep yourself relevant and keep yourself uh, ready and available, you know, to when things turn right. back around. So, the, you know, the entire 2020, man, we were still pushing uh, the Intercept brand. And I just believe we, we came out of it stronger and we, we're going to be looking for a huge 2021. Great. Good to hear, man. Uh, anything anything new coming? Any new varietals? Or you're sticking with what you guys are making right now? Yeah, well, I just think for the time being, um, you know, we, we've, we've got national distribution with Intercept. Um, so that is, uh, you know, in and of itself, man, it's pretty remarkable. It's, like you say, especially right. coming out of uh, 2020. Um, so we feel, <laughs> like, we feel like we've, we've kind of got this one uh, kind of where we want it right now. You know, still looking for growth. Um, but I think, you know, Probably in the next year or so, you know, I, I'll, I'll really get some feedback from the fans. I mean, they gave me the feedback the first time and, and kind of see, you know, <laughs> what, what they would like to see. Yeah. I, think, I think that's yeah. always a good place to start. I think you're spot on. Yeah, talk to your folks because yep. they'll they'll talk to you. Absolutely. They're they're not shy. No, I found I found our <laughs> I found my customers are not shy. Not at all. Um, I've been having a gas because we're. Uh, I'm at the winery most of the days, but people are coming and going, kind of skeleton staff. So I'm I'm picking up the phone mm-hmm. quite often, where I never used to. So it's been it's been kind of fun because I'll, I'll at first I just said you know hello Schaefer Vineyards, now I say hi Schaefer Vineyards. This is Doug, and somebody will go, "Is Doug Schaefer?" I say, "Yeah." yeah. They go, they go, they go. What are you answering? The, they go, they go. What are you answering the phone for? I said. Well, you know, you know, I, I run the place. Yeah. Somebody's got to answer the phone. And, but I've had some great conversations with people. They're like, hey, you got a minute? I said, sure, I got. I do have plenty of time right now. So um, I've had some great chats, and it's been uh, it's been enlightening, you know, no because doubt. all of a sudden it's like, hmm, they're looking for this. They're looking yep. for that. So that's cool. Yep. Good. Yep. Uh, if people want to find Intercept Wines, what's the best way? Is it is there an online site or a yep. web store? What, what's yep. the best thing? CW interceptwines.com so if you go in there um, you can see of course what we have and then also we have a locator there where you can type in your zip code and uh, it'll tell you where we are where the retail restaurant uh, in your area and we do you know ship uh, to most states of course there's a few that um, you know you're not allowed to ship into Um, right but yeah so go to that cwinterceptwines.com Okay. All right, man. Thanks so much. Now, listen, um, before we take off, I want to wish you an early congratulations uh, for next August in Canton, Ohio, on your induction into the Hall of Fame, August 2021. And uh, I did a little research on my Google Maps this morning, and uh, Canton, Ohio is about 100 miles from Fremont, where it all started. Isn't that cool? It ain't far, man. From Fremont, Ohio to Canton, baby. (laughs) <laughs> baby full circle i think that is so cool yes, so indeed. i congratulations charles thank and you thanks so much for doing this it's been a real treat thanks for sharing your story absolutely thanks doug thanks for having me man be good Ron. and uh lunch is on me next time we can finally get together somewhere all right i can't wait all right buddy all take right. care good talk bye-bye well that was a wild ride and kind of goes full circle Born in Fremont, Ohio, and going back to Canton for his Hall of Fame induction later this year. Very cool. In the middle of all that, Charles Woodson became a vintner, making wines that people are loving, helping to raise millions for children's medical care, and on and on. I think there's going to be a lot more success in his future. To check out Intercept Wines, 
be sure to visit cwinterceptwines.com or keep your eyes open at local retailers or other online sites. Thanks very much for joining us again here on The Taste. If you like what you hear, please take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes, as that helps other people discover the podcast. We'll see you next time.